You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Sacramento Kings take on the Golden State Warriors tonight. Renewal of the Northern California rivalry. And it's fun that both of these teams are great, are playing well so far this season. The Golden State Warriors, of course, the defending champion juggernauts of the NBA. They defeated the Sacramento Kings by one point earlier on this season. Kings looking for revenge, but this time they'll have to face Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who are out the first time these two teams met this season. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here on the number one hub for Sacramento Kings coverage every single weekday in bite-sized format for you. We have in-depth interviews, player conversations, uh, highlights, all the things you could possibly want for a podcast about your Sacramento Kings, it is here. Again, my name is Matt George. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That is the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings. And uh, working at KHDK, I have the uh, privilege of, of working with a lot of great personalities, many that you've heard here on this podcast. Jason Ross, the former host of this podcast, Carmichael Dave, who hosts The Morning Show, and another guy that I'm debuting here today for the first time. His name is Kyle Madsen. He hosts uh, with Carmichael Dave in the morning the uh, the drive from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays. And the reason why I'm having him on, well, he's a diehard Golden State Warriors fan, has been for many, many, many years, uh, does a great job breaking down this uh, this game and, and this team and, and sharing what's really going on in a good perspective uh, from someone who isn't just a fan of this team but also covers uh, that Golden State Warriors team. He's going to be joining me for a long interview here in just a second. That is going to dominate the podcast. We'll come back on the other side, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have a nice wrap up for you and chat with you about what's coming next week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation that I had with The Drive's Kyle Madsen. Sacramento Kings take on the Golden State Warriors tonight inside the Golden One Center. The Kings looking for a little bit of revenge against a Warriors team that defeated them by just one point in Oakland. However, the Warriors were missing two, I guess, somewhat important pieces in Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Both are expected to be ready to go tonight. The uh, The Warriors also coming off of a, uh, a pretty bad loss, 20-point loss to the Kawhi-less Toronto Raptors, and I'm joined by a uh, a friend of mine, a co-worker of mine, Kyle Madsen. He is one of the hosts of Sports 1140 KHDK's The Drive. He's also a longtime diehard Golden State Warriors fan and someone who covers this Golden State Warriors team. He's been a fan of a team longer since Steph Curry and since before Steph Curry and all that, so you can save uh, all those comments and all those tweets. Uh, Kyle is a, a dedicated fan of this team, also does a great job breaking them down and being realistic about the Kings' chances in tonight's game. Uh, and he's kind enough to join me here on the Locked on Kings podcast. What up, Kyle? No, I'm just hanging out. I like this setting because we get to be in the same room, so I get to kick my feet up. This is great. He's lazy. He's already this. lazy. Extremely we're even, lazy. We're, we're not even a minute into this interview, and he's already finding a way to fall asleep. But hopefully you won't be yawning in tonight's game, and you certainly weren't yawning uh, with the last time these two teams played. And, even, and the Kings had a lot of success against the Warriors, even going back to last season. Yeah. But the Kings also faced a lot of shorthanded Warriors teams last season. This is the first night in quite a while, I think, that the Kings will be taking on a, a almost or basically full-strength Golden State Warriors squad. They're still missing DeMarcus Cousins, and he's set to make his return sometime January, February, something like that. I know we're all excited to, to watch and see that. But heading into tonight's game, Kyle, based off of how the Kings have been playing, how the Warriors have been playing, uh, what expectations do you have for this matchup? 
I, it's tough because on paper, like the Warriors should go in, and and I know the Kings are playing great this year, uh, but on paper the Warriors should go in and win that game by twenty points. I think they're favored by eight and a half, but when you look at how they how they looked against Toronto, and and some of the things Toronto did to them defensively, that's not not to say the Kings are as good as Toronto, but. Uh, it's just it's tough watching the Warriors lose by 20 at home yeah. in a game that wasn't even that close yeah. and, and thinking they're going to come in and, and just roll a team like the Kings uh, on the road. That's 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 hard for me to say. Um, I think the Kings might get out to a really fast start tonight and and then the Warriors kind of reel it back in eventually. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than than that eight and a half point spread for sure. You know, for Kings and Kings fans, all all they have, all we really have, is the regular season. It's been so long since this team has been in the postseason. The Warriors don't shy away from uh, from that villain mantra and that idea that you know you'll beat us in the regular season. That's fine. We'll see you in in April and in May when it really really matters. Uh, so this this Warriors team that was swept by uh, Toronto, the Raptors, currently the best team in the East. Potentially the matchup that we'll see in the NBA Finals between these two squads. The Warriors dismissing these regular season wins and 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 heading into games like tonight knowing okay if the Kings catch us it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things as someone who supports the Warriors and and watches the Warriors all season long how do you how do you view that that kind of mindset that the Warriors have are you okay with it or do you think it's more dismissive I don't they've won championships with it so it's it's hard to to care but it's very frustrating as a fan for sure when you you turn on their game against the Raptors and and the fanfare for it, everybody's hyped. It's on ESPN and everybody's ready for it. And then they go out and lay an egg. Yeah. And I know that doesn't matter in June, but in December it does. And you don't. I don't want to say you don't care because you obviously want to see your team win every game, but it's it's hard to get hyped up for for these games because you know the team just doesn't care like Steve Kerr even said uh that it's that it's good he said it's good that Toronto swept the regular season because now the Warriors will have some motivation if they meet them in the finals like you shouldn't have to it shouldn't matter who you're playing in the finals yeah Yeah. but that's just kind of where this team is at and and I think the fan base at least the the fan base who's realistic about the team and doesn't you know just throw on their Steph Curry jersey and, and yell knows that that can that might eventually come back to bite them like we saw it when they went up 3-1 against the Cavs in the finals. They started coasting a little bit. And everybody wants to point to Draymond being out in that in that game game five, but that that wasn't that wasn't the turning point mm-hmm. uh, of the series. The Warriors thought they could hit cruise control and they got punched in the mouth. Mm. And I'm a, I'm afraid if they do that for too long in the regular season that uh that it's gonna come back to bite them. But they'll get DeMarcus Cousins coming in and that should shake things up a little bit. It'll shake up the rotations and you get a you did get a different immensely skilled player on the floor. Uh, I think that'll that'll force them to put forth some effort. But um, for now, it's fine because it hasn't bitten them yet. But I think eventually it's going to, and that's what scares me. I've had this belief for a while, watching this Warriors team and following this Warriors team in the NBA and just where we're at that the the only people that are going to beat the Golden State Warriors are really themselves, and, mm-hmm. and that if if things are going to fall apart and the Warriors aren't going to win a championship. It's going to start internally. Now, we saw the drama this year, stuff that I thought was... They made it too much of a big deal of of clashes between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant and the implications that can have on on free agency if the Warriors choose one guy or another, if Kevin Durant is leaving, uh, things like that. From your perspective, from a Warriors fan perspective, do you believe, does this feel like the beginning of the end for this unit and for this group? 
a little bit. There's a weird vibe. And somebody, that, who, I wish I could remember who it was, who reports on the team, said that there's been a strange vibe around the team just in general. And I think it's because there's been kind of an, <laughs> it was unspoken until Draymond spoke it, yeah. but that Kevin Durant was going to leave. That's just kind of been like widely reported for the last year or two. And you see it with these with these opt-out deals that he's signing. And he's eventually going to go somewhere and he's going to get the max. And whether that's in Golden State remains to be seen, but it sure sounds like it's not going to be. As far as Draymond goes, they've always operated knowing that Draymond was, I don't want to say a necessary evil because it's not like he's disliked on the team, but he's such a such a strong personality who, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. It's almost like he's, a, a flare-up is going to happen. Yeah, they, 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 they have been willing to live with his... his passionate outbursts Mm -hmm. his remember that game in oklahoma city a few years ago where him and kerr got into it uh, and they had the like they they said security had to come in and all this stuff uh that's that's the kind of stuff they know they have to live with it because they're getting a defensive player of the year level uh defender who can be the focal point of their offense like he's so vital to what they do but he's one of those guys who's never been super athletic and is he he's 28 now i think 29 that athleticism that little bit of athleticism is going to start diminishing Mm -hmm. and I think you're going to see his game diminish greatly with it so I think the Warriors are trying to figure out when that perfect out point is and he knows that he's not stupid and so I think there's some insecurity there from him that says uh you know they they're they're gonna oust one of us here eventually and I think he knows he's gone and I think that's where a lot of this this kind of uh issue comes from because he is the heartbeat of that team and with him knowing that he's probably gone and that Kevin Durant's probably leaving as well, uh, I think it's just kind of a it's just kind of an awkward vibe, and and you feel it for sure. What does life after Durant feel like or look like if you were to look into the future, just looking at this this team? Because we we forget that I mean we've we've inserted Kevin Durant into the staple that's been this Golden State Warriors dynasty, but it began with Steph and Clay, and mm-hmm. then Durant was added to it after Draymond was even uh, added to it. Clay Thompson is another name up out there that he's going to be a free agent. He stayed on the quiet side of things. It's my belief that he's not going to go anywhere, and why would he want to go anywhere? It just makes so much sense for him to stay there, uh, regardless of if he's the number one guy or not. And that's really the only reason I can see people coming up with why he'd want to leave is to be the number one guy, and based off of Clay's personality and his play style. I don't think that's too high on his list of of, of decision making no. reasons. But what? Let's say these two guys both do leave. Kevin Durant leaves, and uh, and and Draymond Green leaves. I, I assume Demarcus Cousins is probably going to be gone as well. Is going to go get paid somewhere else. Who knows what the Warriors are going to do in free agency? But still, with Steph as your core, what does life look like for this Golden State Warriors team as they move out of this golden era? I suppose. I think that they are, Tim Kawakami wrote a piece in The Athletic a few years ago about how they just have a list of names and years and and they just have these guys they're going to go for. That's what the Kevin Durant thing started years ago. They yeah. were like, we're going to try and maneuver to get Kevin Durant. And so Kawakami said that guys like Anthony Davis are on that list and guys that they're going to make decisions based on acquiring superstars. Like, that's how Joe Lacob wants to operate. Yep. He wants to win. He is extremely competitive. And I think there will... There, there, They obviously won't be title contenders if if Draymond Green is gone after next year. And even if Ste- if it's just Steph and Clay, and then and then role players or, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, 
high-end guys who are not quite all-stars. Yeah. They're still they're still a playoff team, but they're not they're not going to be the the title contenders just perennially that that we see. But I also think that, like I said, ownership is going to do what they can to make sure that Steph and Clay always are surrounded by superstars because they want to be title contenders every year. Yeah, the Warriors got to this point of being top free agent hunters and 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 being a free agency destination by building and starting through the draft itself. And that's been a model that so many teams have been trying to follow. Uh, Some in different ways. You look at what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing, then you look at what the Sacramento Kings are doing here. And starting starting with a young core, beginning with a backcourt like the Warriors did. The Kings have a great backcourt forming uh, in in De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald going forward. You work in Sacramento radio, so you you talk Kings all the time. You deal with the the ups and downs of the fans. You work with one of the biggest Kings fans on the planet uh, in Carmichael Dave, both rational and irrational. Uh, Your thoughts in general just on this Kings team, the jump that they've made this year, and do you see similarities to how it started with the Warriors? Yeah, similarities for sure. Uh, I know that they technically didn't draft Buddy Heald, but they acquired him for in his what second year? His, his, rookie, his, season. his rookie season, right? So they got him very early. So yep. let's just go under the assumption they drafted Buddy Heald and they got draft picks back with him. Like what the heck? Yep. So yeah, the similarities are there for sure. You can't obviously draw direct comparisons to any of the players because I think that that. Fox uh, isn't there yet. <laughs> Fo- right. Fox is not, is, and he's never going to be the Stephen Curry type of player. They're just two totally different players. Yep. And I, I think Buddy Heald, frankly, has, I don't think he'll be the shooter that Clay is, but I think he's kind of a, just in general, might be a better all around offensive player hmm. eventually. So, yeah, the similarities are there for sure, though. When you talk about Bogdan and, and, and Fox and Heald and Marvin Bagley, like that's a legitimate, core a, a really solid group of guys and the biggest thing is the is the culture that's what really started building with the Warriors under Mark Jackson was that that brotherhood that that you hear the Kings talking about that uh, that camaraderie where uh you know they might they might be a six or seven seed in the playoffs but uh they have a ton of fun and you see the the bench going crazy when when Yogi Ferrell threw that pass the other night to uh who was it that he threw the pass inside to Costa. to Costa for the dunk and the whole bench goes crazy? Yeah. That reminds me of the of Kent Bazemore and Draymond Green in his rookie year. Those guys leading the bench and and Leandro Barbosa was was really great. Like you just get those guys, and I think that Vladi Divac for for all the mistakes he made in the past, I think that one of the things he does a great job of is identifying those guys who are going to uh, help cultivate. An environment where players like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich can grow into stars, and that's something that I have the utmost faith that he'll continue doing. Like when we talk about trades the Kings might make, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be like priority number one. How does this guy fit? It's hard from an outside perspective for for fans sometimes, even ourselves, to understand that when you have so many young guys on a team, all of them have potential or they wouldn't be in the NBA in the first place, but you can't develop them all at least to their maximum. Uh, You have to choose. Uh, And it still feels like the Kings are in the weeding out process and almost like their final decisions have basically been made. Okay. We know it's, it's going to be Fox. We know it's going to be buddy. It's going to be bogey going forward. Harry Giles still iffy on the fence, but leaning more towards we're going to, we're going to stick with him. Marvin Mm -hmm. Bagley obviously seems like a, uh, a great fit going forward, but, 
it's now the the veteran additions and the established talent additions of what can you add to this young core now to help take it to the next level rather than just a cycle of another first-round pick, another young player, another young player into the core. Um, obviously, the Kings would like to have a dream on green or a Kevin Durant, but in your opinion, looking at this team and covering this team, what do you think the Kings could could use more or is higher on the priority list? A Draymond Green type glue guy that holds this team together and lights a fire under them, or a superstar score that just cements the, the middle of their lineup? I think where they're at, they could use a superstar scorer, but... When you look at Draymond, it's so tough because he's such a he's such a unique player, and that's kind of the thing about the Warriors is Stephen Curry is a one of one type of player in NBA yep. history. Draymond Green realistically doesn't have a direct comparison. Like he is a he is an undersized four who can play the five, who can distribute, and he's an excellent decision maker. He's a great defender, and they're they're all so unique. So. Uh, the the guy I think when you when you look if you're trying to make a direct comparison the type of guy that the Kings could add that I think would be huge is a guy like Andre Iguodala that was a real turning point yeah. for the Warriors after they signed him I agree he was a a veteran but still kind of in the back end of his prime uh, dynamite defender a good ball handler uh, shoots a little bit but not not a ton but doesn't need to score he's going to go out and just do all the right things and he's a veteran who can help. Um, kind of mentor the the younger guys as well. I think that's the exact type of player they need to go get because that was a turning point for the Warriors. And I think uh, when the Kings go get a guy who is a very good player, kind of that fringe, not quite an all-star, but definitely in the conversation, who's willing to come off the bench and and willing to just do all the little things and let guys like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heal just go play, yeah. that's when I think you'll really see them take off. One of the more frustrating things about watching the Golden State Warriors play, other than my my blatant jealousy of how just damn good they are and how much fun they are to watch, is uh, just their ability to, for 40 minutes, they can be trailing, and a team can be better than them for 40 minutes. In the final eight minutes, they'll flip some switch, they'll turn something on, they'll erase a 13-point deficit in two minutes, and then take a 20-point lead in the final six. It's yeah. just what they do and how their identity has been, and, and things can change on a dime with playing that team. I can't imagine it's, it's exhausting for other teams to play them, knowing, man, we controlled this game pretty much from start to the very end, and the Warriors just did the Warriors and ended up getting the win. For a team like the Kings, how do you even begin to combat something like that? Um, <laughs> prayer, Can I think, is, is number one. Yeah, well, and that's when when the Warriors get going. They talk about the flurry or the, the Warriors avalanche. That always starts with a couple of Steph Curry threes. And when he gets rolling, you like watch a defense when when Steph gets rolling. It's a scramble because you just don't want to leave him open at all like you can't give him even a, a modicum of space because yep. he's going to get a shot off and he's going to make it from anywhere on the court and so when the defense starts to just collapse like that that's when things uh go to heck so I think what you have to do if you're the Kings is if he hits a couple or if Clay hits a couple or if Durant hits a couple you, you just have to ride it out you can't start overcompensating because when you do that's when you get wide open dunks and that's when uh your offense starts to scramble as well and all of a sudden uh 6-0 run has turned into like you said 13 or 14 because you're so you're so focused on one guy on the offensive side that the rest of your game collapses so if Steph comes out tonight and and let's say the Kings are up 10 and and Curry hits a couple of threes you know, take a timeout. Mm-hmm. Like take take that early. Don't let the run start. Get settled down. Get back out, and and 
just continue the game plan that got you to that 10-point lead. And I think uh, I think that's the best you can do. And sometimes the shots are just going to fall. We've seen, uh, we were talking about this earlier, Clay's 37-point uh, quarter. Like, there was nothing I don't think the Kings could have done differently in that quarter. Yeah. Like, they played phenomenal defense, and the shots just fell. And you see that all the time in the NBA where guys just get hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that happens, then you just got to tip your cap and, and go get them next time. But you can't, you can't start sending five guys at Steph after a miss because you're going to get other guys' wide-open shots, and that's when things get out of hand. Speaking of guys just get hot, what is it about playing the Sacramento Kings that makes Klay Thompson look unstoppable <laughs> and unguardable? Klay Thompson has always played well against this Kings team. Do you see anything in watching these these two teams play where Klay just, his eyes get wide seemingly every time he touches the ball knowing the Kings are against him? I think it's a psychological thing. Like when you pour in 37 points in a quarter, I think it's just at that point you're like, yep, this is this is the team I'm going to go get. Yep. Um, and and I think it's that's very much it. And I don't think there's a psychological thing for the Kings because are there any players left from from the team he scored 37 in the quarter against? Probably not. I, Maybe I Willie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I guess Willie probably. But other than that, like it's not a thing that's in the back of their minds. Like like Nick Stauskas got torched that quarter, mm-hmm. and it's not like he's sitting out there going, "Oh gosh, Clay has my number." You know, they, the this is a this is a young Kings team, and that's that's what if I'm the Warriors, that's the thing I'm most worried about is this Kings team doesn't care. Like they don't, they're not afraid of anybody, and you can see that. And they're going to go out and they're going to take their swings. And if they, you know, if they get beat, so be it. But they're also not going to lay down. And I think that's that's the biggest thing against the Warriors is if you let those those uh, backbreaking threes get to you, then then it's over. The and King, I don't think the Kings will do that. The Kings have always have pretty much relied on on their pace and and getting up and down the floor quickly uh, to to tire teams out. That's been their main strategy and, and one of the reasons why they're off to as good of a start uh, as they are off to this season. Fifteen wins already in early December is is monumental uh, for this Kings squad. But is that a sound strategy? You think to lean on heavily against a team like the Golden State Warriors, who will happily play fast and score in bunches as well? Yes, because. De'Aaron Fox, they have the personnel to go at Steph Curry on defense, and they don't have somebody offensively that they can hide him on. Uh, so if you get De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald or whoever Curry is guarding, uh, getting downhill and making him work on defense, that's when he really has issues. We mm-hmm. saw the Raptors just do it the other night. Uh, they they sent they the Warriors tried to put him on Danny Green because he's not going to cover Kyle Lowry. And Danny Green just worked him in the post. Yeah. And he had a terrible night shooting. He was two of eight from three. And so that's if you're De'Aaron Fox, you've just got to go down and and you might, you know, have a couple turnovers from help defense coming over or whatever, but you have to continue going at Curry on the defensive end. And if you let him have an if you let him take a night off on that side, he's gonna kill you on the other end. And so that's where uh off a miss, even off a make, that's that's one of my favorite things about the Kings is even off a make, they're down the floor. Um, and I think you have to continue to do that and make the Warriors work on both ends, and that's that's how you're going to give yourself the best chance. Last thing for you, Kyle. Uh, one of my favorite things about head coach Steve Kerr, and I, I think he is the, the pinnacle for uh, the ideal coach, the perfect coach for what I think is most important to be a head coach in the NBA in 2018 and, and nowadays the way the NBA is played, and that's being able to manage 
player personalities. That's almost the biggest compliment that I could give Steve Kerr. I think he's a phenomenal Mm -hmm. coach, an even better human being. I've always been a diehard fan of Steve Kerr. Now, we know head coach Dave Yeager has been somewhat at the center of recent controversy and drama, although most of the fans, myself, pretty much everybody seems to be more on the side of Dave Yeager over the rest of the front office. But from your perspective, with a head coach like Steve Kerr, watching what Dave Yeager has done with this team and how he coaches this team, what do you like about Dave Yeager, and do you think he is the right guy for this team going forward trying to make a playoff push? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's that's the thing that that a lot of people, somebody on, on Twitter the other day mentioned that, mentioned that any coach could have coached the Warriors to three out of four titles, and it's just not true. Nope. Because, like you said, personality management is huge, and, and then there's some other minor things that Kerr's done with rotations and stuff, but uh, nobody on a Kings podcast cares about that. But Yeager is a guy I I absolutely think is is the right person to at least get them. <laughs> I don't want to compare him to Mark Jackson because I like Dave Yeager way more than I like Mark Jackson. Yeah. But that guy that can get them to a point whether he can take them over the top to get him to a championship that I I don't know but he's certainly the guy who can manage those personalities who uh he does a he seems to do a great job of knowing he knows his players he relates to his players and he's not a one-size-fits-all uh I'm a coach who yells so I'm going to yell at you yeah not every player responds to that some do some don't and I think he does a really good job of knowing uh, his players' personalities and how to get the most out of those guys, and that's so vital for a team full of guys uh, who are you know 21 and younger. And so I think that's um, that's going to be his biggest his biggest what's the, what's the word I'm looking for his his um, that's feather in his cap almost or no his his strength I guess just his biggest strength is being able to to manage those personalities to get the most out of the young kids, and whether that translates to a championship with him eventually, maybe it does. But he's he's at the very least a guy who's going to get them to the next level, and I think that's a that's a big deal. That is Kyle Madsen. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to. Just because he's a Warriors fan doesn't mean that's all he tweets about. Does a great job here in Sacramento covering the local and national sports with Carmichael Dave on the drive in the morning every single weekday, 6 to 9 a.m. on 1140 on your radio. If you're local, you can also download the KHDK app and listen to their shows anytime on demand. He's a great Twitter follow as well. I highly encourage you if you call yourself a, a San Francisco 49ers fan. He's also with Niners Wire, and they do a great job covering that also. Uh, he is a good follow if you call yourself a uh, sports fan in Thanks, any any way. Kyle, thank That's you. So uh, nice of you. Thank you for joining the the podcast, yeah, man. We'll definitely any, have to have you back on soon. Anytime. I work right there. So literally, literally next pop door. in, I got you. Literally next yeah. door. Why don't you visit me more? <laughs> All right, sounds you good. You jerk. All right, that is Kyle Madsen. <laughs> My thanks again to Kyle Madsen for joining us here on the Locked On Kings podcast. We'll definitely have him on again next time the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors match up. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Again, follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle A. Madsen. You can also follow me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKGK. Reach out to both of us anytime if you want to talk sports in general. He and I always do a great job uh, responding uh, and try and get into as many conversations as we can with you. On a nightly basis, he will be live tweeting this game, as will I. I will be at the arena. I'm not sure if he's going to be, but if you are coming to the game tonight, let me know. I would love to meet you uh, either before the game, after the game, during halftime. does not matter. You can reach me on Twitter again, at MattGeorgeKHDK, or you can email me, MGeorgeSackLocalMedia.com. Let me know you're coming, and we'll work out all the details so that I can meet you in person, shake your hand, and thank you for being a listener here of the Locked on Kings podcast. We will come back on Monday of 
of next week. We will break down this game and all of the action over the weekend, and then we will uh, get ready for another week of Sacramento Kings basketball. Tonight's game is game two of the 13-game stretch of doom. Kings off to a 1-0 start in that stretch, trying to make it 2-0, but what better way to do it than against the defending champions? I believe the Kings can get it done. I expect the Kings to be very competitive in this game and in it towards the end. The Golden State Warriors know how to close out games and know how to win games in crunch times. It'll be a good test for the Kings if they indeed are in a spot like that down the stretch. But the way the Kings are playing, the way they played against the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they can uh, replicate that here tonight, I give them a good chance to win this game and shock the defending champions. So we'll have to wait and see if they do it. I will talk to you on Monday. Can't wait. Look forward to it there. Hope to see you tonight at the Golden One Center for Kings and Warriors. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.